Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Good afternoon. Uh, I'm filling in for the Blonde Bomber today. I'm Coach Danny Broussard, and uh, glad to be with you. Got a few pretty good guests, I think, today lined up. Uh, I kind of got them at the last minute, but uh, it's going to all work out. Uh, I just want to know that we are on, we're broadcasting live today from the FCO Development Studios in Upper Lafayette. Evco Development is a civil construction company that specializes in new multifamily construction. Also, we simulcast here in Acadiana. You can watch us on the Simulcast Stadium, 32.3, and on 133 LUS Fiber. Uh, I'm not sure anybody. It kind of reminds me of uh, what Kim Mulkey said. I'm not sure anybody would want to watch today. <laughs> I probably shouldn't be saying this because I'm sure we're promoting this for a reason. <laughs> but Kim Mulkey, I don't know, James, did you hear that when they asked Kim Mulkey at the third quarter? She's, well, Coach, what, I think it's in the semifinal game. What, 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 do you, what do you think about your team's performance in the third quarter? She goes, that was crap. I wouldn't want, I, I, if I was at home, I'd turn the station. I'd stop watching. <laughs> and then when the broadcaster got back, I said, no, 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 don't, don't turn the station. Stay with us. It, it'll get better. <laughs> I, I do remember that part, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, James, by the way, man, happy birthday to you today, my man. Thank you, Coach. Appreciate Damn. it. Damn. James, you know, you're not supposed to ask a woman her age, but I don't care. That, I don't really don't care about that anyway, But because I ask when I want to ask. Why do, <laughs> why, do, why do you think it is that you don't ask a woman her age? What, what's the deal with that? I mean, uh, what, what, what difference is a man or a woman? You just ask them, how old are you, right? That's what I do. <laughs> I don't care. How old are you, James? <laughs> I turned 23 today. Oh, 23. Oh, man. I cannot remember when I was 23. I probably don't want to remember when I was 23. <laughs> no, I remember well. I was 23. I was, I was in my first year head coaching at St. Thomas More. It was, a, it was a great year for me. 23 was a very good year. Well, James, how was your Easter holidays? It was good. Uh, on Friday, kind of just chilled a little bit. Had to watch over my sister a little bit. She had uh, got her wisdom teeth taken out oh, that day. Oh, wow. And then Saturday... Yeah. I had went to kind of like the New Iberia, Koto, Youngsville area for a Lao New Year. Uh, wait, say it again. A what? Lao New Year. What does like that mean? Laos. Oh, Laos. Oh, yeah. Okay. All they, right. They always, uh, yeah. New Year for them is always the weekend of Easter. Of Easter. So I went Saturday with some of my friends. Nice. To go celebrate with that. Nice. Since some of them are La- Laotian. Uh-huh. And then uh, on Sunday, family came over We went, uh, for... At my parents' house, and then we ended up having an adult Easter egg hunt because my little niece, she's 12 right now, yeah. about to turn 13. She wanted to hide the eggs for my older sisters and younger sisters. So they, oh. they had done the Easter egg hunt, and I just watched because it was funny watching them run around like children. I, I was about to ask you, what exactly is an adult Easter egg hunt? It's, it's the same thing as a regular, but oh, yeah. with adults. Except yeah. <laughs> uh, my little niece was the one hiding the eggs. Oh yeah, did she? Was she one of those that just kind of put them in like this on the ground in plain view? Oh or, or, no, or, no, she hit them good, huh? She hit them good. Yeah, she yeah. hit them pretty good. We, yeah, we did the same thing. We hit them so good that we lost one. We we still can't still find, can't find no, it. We, we, maybe I'd say somebody ate it, but it was a plastic egg. I, was, I don't know. It'll show up one day, I'm sure. It's probably under the couch somewhere, you know, stuck in there. <laughs> now you were you were talking about Easter before yeah. the show. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. You, you had a first experience with a, a certain food? J- James, this is interesting because, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. I, I mean, I guess that, I don't know. I remember when I, you know, I guess since I was five years old, I can remember what I, what we had for Easter pretty much. Or, But, um, yeah, this was strange. Um, you know, I think most people for Easter probably have like uh, maybe a crawfish boil because it's crawfish season. Mm-hmm. Fish fry, you know, shrimp or catfish, fish fry. or And maybe you know, grilling, you know, do some grilling. That's what I think. That's what I've always done, I think, in the past. But uh, for the first time ever, we had spaghetti. Spaghetti. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Never had spaghetti for Easter. And I'm not sure why we went that route. I think uh, he's talking about you had to babysit because uh, my, my little grandson had his tonsils removed. So he had that on Friday. So we were still kind of in that process and went to his house. But I don't, th- I don't think it had anything to do with why we ate, we ate spaghetti. My daughter wanted spaghetti. So Just want to change it up. Change it up. It was, de- it was definitely a first-time experience for me, spaghetti. Uh, yeah, uh, it was good. It was good spaghetti, but uh, never had that for Easter before. So. <laughs> That was pretty. That was pretty interesting. Yeah. What did What did you have for Easter? What did you eat? Uh, we did some kind of. I think it was Boston butt steaks, and we did like some Jack Miller's barbecue with oh. some of my uncle's barbecue sauce as well. Kind of threw it together. Uh, one of the sisters brought green bean casserole. There you go. Uh, we had garlic bread. Yeah, I had some bread too. Uh, yeah. And then we had a. So my family's. Kind kind of famous with uh, sweet potatoes and yams. Oh man! And my dad loves making candied yams. Oh my god! So he he took that out the freezer to reheat that in the to, oven. Yeah. Oh man, my, I I am a big fan of of yams, uh, sweet potatoes. My my mother used to put them in the oven and cook them, and I think my grandma had like a I think she kind of some kind of way inserted. I don't know. They were extra, like extra sweet. I'm, I'm not sure she put like sugar on top. I think the brown, the cinnamon brown sugar, I think is mm-hmm. what is what she did. I think she some kind of way that had that inside the potato. I don't know how she did it, but it was pretty darn good. Yeah, back in the day. Yes, indeed. All right. So the world of sports here today. We're gonna have a couple of my. Uh, uh, I thought it was pretty interesting. I was thinking, well, who I'm gonna get as a guest? And uh, obviously, we just finished with the NCAA tournament. So I said, man, I got two great guys. They both here, are Katyana guys. As a matter of fact, they're. I'm, I'm proud of them. They're both STM uh, products, but both coached in the NCAA tournament. Now they're both assistants, but still uh, had a chance to to coach their teams in the NCAA tournament. So uh, I got a few questions. I'm kind of interested to hear. Uh, their perspective on the tournament and uh, maybe some preparation ideas, how they got ready for the NCAA tournament. But uh, we're going to have on pretty shortly here. Uh, we're going to have on Coach uh, Coach Trey Touchet, who is at uh, St. Mary's in California, and we're going to have Coach Bobby. Uh, he, uh, he he goes now by Champagne. I'm going to ask him that. Uh, it used to be Champagne when I was coached him, and in the, in our area, Champagne. But when he moved and started coaching away. It became Coach Champagne. So we'll, we'll ask him a little bit about that. But uh, however you want to say, Coach Bobby Champagne uh, will be our guest in the second hour uh, and tell us about um, the Houston Cougars who went in as the number one seed and didn't quite make it, uh, which happens often, especially this year in the NCAA tournament. But those will be our, our two special guests uh, that, we'll, that we'll have on today. So uh, looking forward to, to having those two guys on. Um, and, uh, James, I guess we said we'll talk a little bit about some NBA action. Uh, our pals are going to be in action. Uh, James, am I right? They're not on. It's tomorrow night, right? The pals come on. Is that it is, right? It is tomorrow night for the first game of the play-in. First game of the play-in. Uh, play-in starts tonight, but the pals will play against the Thunder tonight. If tomorrow they lose, night. they're out. They're out completely. Out completely. But then, if they win, they keep going and yeah. try to make it to be the eight seed. The eight seed. You know that's interesting. I want. Uh, I, uh, 
I don't remember. It's only been a couple of years since they did this. Is this since COVID that they did this play-in type of? You think COVID bought this on? Because this this wasn't always the case where they had these play-in games. Like baseball's done it about well, probably now ten years now. But yeah, uh, yeah. But do you think this this is relatively new, right? I know they did it last year because that's mm-hmm. how. Am I right? That's how the Pels got in last year, right? We played in, huh? Correct. Yeah, they, they got in with the play-in last yeah. year. It's only a couple years old, yeah. but I don't think it was a product of COVID. It was more of just a have more games to be yeah. able to advertise for the playoffs. <laughs> just just be able to get more money. More, make more money and have one more extra day, extra day, two days of games, right? Well, that makes that makes a lot of sense. You know, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So um, uh, before we get into that, I do want to mention this. James, did you see, like, this is, like, I have a hard time understanding how this could even happen. But I think it was, well, it was the Pals. The Pals were playing against against Gobert and them, right? When when they had the instance when Rudy Gobert punched mm-hmm. his not not an opponent, his te- not the referee, his but his own teammate. Mm-hmm. James, like I'm a coach and I just I don't I just honest can you give me some insight as a non coach, how can this happen? Well I was gonna ask you, it's like as a coach <laughs> How would that make you feel? Like you, you must be furious. Like, what are you doing? Well, that's what I'm saying. You're wearing the same jersey. That's what I'm saying. I mean, look, knock on wood, but I've never had that. I don't think I've even had anything. Well, uh, maybe like a maybe. Oh, in practice, in practice, you got like it happens because you practice for three months before the season starts, and you have some little scuffles, you know. But I've never had a guy throw a punch at another guy at another teammate, and I it's just beyond me. And especially on the pro level, you like. Okay, you're getting paid to play. Then now he's out. Now he's, I mean, so not only did he, I mean, he hurt his team, right? Because now he can't even play in the play-in game. He's out. They, 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 I think they suspended him for a game. Uh, I'm not sure about who did. I don't even know. I, I mean, I'm not a big, big NBA follower. I don't know who he punched, his teammate. You know who the guy was? I don't know who it was. Yeah, me but I, I know Jaden McDaniels, one of the other Timberwolves players, he ended up punching <laughs> one of the brick walls. <laughs> Uh, I think it was between quarters, and he ended up breaking his hand. There must have been something in the dressing room that night in the pregame. Something happened that pre that pregame meal must have been really bad, James. But it's weird with Rudy because <laughs> he's such a seasoned vet, and you've never seen him react like that. You've seen him kind of do some childish stuff before, like yeah. whenever COVID first happened, he was touching all the mics, and he yeah. was the first one to end up getting That's COVID. Right. He, he in was, the NBA. yeah, yeah, he was. He was joking about it, and he he was the first guy to get it. You're right. Yeah, but you you, you never think. You wouldn't think like someone like him who has been relatively cool-headed, yeah. like yeah. do something like that, especially like attacking a teammate. You've seen it every once in a blue moon, but yeah. you wouldn't see it from a guy necessarily that doesn't like pertain to having negative stuff happen about him as right. that as often right. as I, others. I I agree. I, it just took me off guard when I saw the incident. I saw it. They showed a replay, and I watched it happen. I'm like, man. I'm not even sure. I'm not sure what they were arguing about. Some, I think I read something about it where, I don't know. Uh, he said something about <laughs> said something about why don't you rebound the ball or something? And he said, well, why don't you pass it or something? I don't know. Why don't you shoot better? Yes, yeah, something like that. <laughs> it started as, a, as, a, as I guess exchange of that. It got heated, but man, to punch your own teammate and then now, like I said, uh, I think they play the Lakers tonight, and uh, obviously, I think the Lakers were favored to begin with, but obviously, it gives them a, I would think a pretty distinct advantage when when you have like you said now you got two starters that are that are not even playing you know uh although that nba is so funny man i i watch the nba sometimes and 
I, I don't know, somebody sat like, I think to rest and they sat like four starters and, and they still won the game by like five points. I'm like, golly, maybe they better. Maybe the guys on the bench are better than the starters. Sometimes it makes you think about that. <laughs> I, know, I know in high school, sometimes I, I take our first five out because they're not playing very well and put the second five and they outperform them sometimes. I'm thinking, well, maybe maybe I don't have the right starters in there. <laughs> sometimes it's the change of pace. Change of pace, that's right. And, and sometimes those guys are hungry, right? The guys are hungry off the bench, James. They want some PT. They want. I was going to say yeah. they want to prove to you, like, hey, coach. That's right. I want more playing time. Ah, well, yeah. Look, man, why don't you put me in more? I look at what I do. This kind of never fails in high school basketball, where we'll uh, we'll put in a kid who who seldom plays. You know, he's seriously, he's realistic. He's like number eleven or twelve. He can't break the top ten, and then we'll get him an opportunity to play. And invariably, he will knock down a, a three, if not two. He'll knock down a three-pointer or two three-pointers. It 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 always it, it always happens. <laughs> and then, you know, the parents are like, "Well, you should have played my kid more." <laughs> C coach. Yeah, that always happens. Of course, we're playing against somebody who's not real good, and we're up by twenty. But that's another story. That's another story in itself. <laughs> so, yeah. So anyway, all right. So look, uh, we're gonna we're gonna go to a break here. Stay with us. Uh, we're gonna have when we get back. We're gonna have uh, Trey Tushed, the two-time Gatorade Player of the Year, with us to talk a little NCAA basketball. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Are you tired of your boring man cave? Well, the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with the ultimate man cave makeover built by Lafayette Marble and Granite. Sign up today in the clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com for a chance to win a new recliner from Borderlands Furniture, a flat screen TV from AVI, and more. The ultimate man cave giveaway is powered by Lafayette Marble and Granite and the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update. Presented by Tibbs Trailers here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. All right, we're back. I'm Coach Danny Broussard, the guest host today for Jordy Holberg, who's out on The Game. Uh, we're broadcasting live from Evco Development Studios in Upper Lafayette. Evco Development is a civil construction company that specializes in new multi-family construction. All right. Well, uh, I told you we we're going to have some special guests today, and my first special guest is a guy I know very well. Uh, he was a two-time Gatorade Player of the Year. Now. I know Randy Livingston was a two-time player, player of the year, and I, there was a couple of others, but there's not a ton who have done it their junior and senior years. And uh, and, and and this young man, Trey Touchette, was one of those. So uh, I want to welcome Trey. Are you there with us? Yeah, Coach. Thanks for having me. Oh, you bet, man. Glad I'm. I know you're. I know you're in that transfer portal, busy, <laughs> busy looking at possible transfers that are going to go to St. Mary's. So I appreciate you taking a little bit of time out of your day to be with us, Trey. Yep, no problem. Trey, uh, you know, I, I mean, obviously, I know your background very well. Um, but, uh, and, and again, you're, you're very, very, uh, matter of fact, James was just mentioning, he said, dang, coach, he's young, huh? He said, he looks like he's 18. I said, yeah, yeah, Trey, Trey's got that young looking face, but uh, he is very young, very young, and, uh, and he's done well for himself. Trey, give us a little uh, background, I, uh, you know, starting off when you graduated from St. Thomas More. Let our listeners uh, tell us a little bit about uh, the path that you've taken to get where you are today. Yeah, so uh graduated from STM in 
2014. Uh, I grew up in Lafayette, born and raised, and uh, was uh, fortunate enough to uh, to get a athletic scholarship and played uh, played four years at, at Texas El Paso at UTEP and uh, played there for four years, graduated, and had an extra year because of my redshirt year. And then uh, played my last year closer to home at McNeese State. And uh, so played for five years and knew very early on, even when I played for you, Coach, that, uh, that I wanted to get into coaching after I was done playing. Yeah. And uh, so the original plan was for me to, to stay on staff at UTEP and, and be, a, be a grad assistant for Coach Tim Floyd, who I was playing for. Um, but those plans changed because he resigned uh, in, in the middle of my last year at UTEP. Right, um, right. And so when I was done playing at McNeese, I uh, was a little lost. I was calling college coaches all over the country, trying to use my relationship with Coach Floyd to get on somewhere. And, again, really, really fortunate and blessed to get on at uh, one of the best programs out west in, in St. Mary's with Coach Bennett. Uh, Coach Randy Bennett and uh, was a grad assistant for two years. Did, did grad school, learned as much as I could, and um, at the end of that last year, uh, took a little unconventional route and and took a head coaching job at Menard High School in Alexandria. Uh, did that for a year and then got a call from Coach Bennett about being a recruiting coordinator slash operations position back at St. Mary's and. Uh, so took that and given the college route another go while I'm young and uh, loving it. So it's it's been great and uh, no the the foundation that I got at, at STM is is really helped me a lot in coaching and uh, just basketball in general. So it's uh, it's been great so far. Well, I, I appreciate that, Trey. We uh, cer- you certainly were were a big part of the of the uh, of the success that that uh, that St. Thomas Morris had uh, had a state championship and uh, almost almost had two. Uh, we had a tough, tough loss in your senior year, but uh, anyway, yeah, we you know we got that got that elusive state title. Uh, so Trey, uh, I, I, I'm curious about a couple of things. Uh, I want to start off, uh, and, and this might kind of put you on the spot to, to think about this, but uh, uh, who in, in your mind comes to the top of your, your mind when I ask you who's the best player that you ever played against, either either in high school, and I know it, UTEP, you played some good ones, but who would you tell the audience that the best player you ever played against? a really good question um I, I would i would probably get just off the top of my head i'd probably give you two guys right. i'll give you one from when i was playing aau ball and then one from college okay they're they're both they're both in the I, they're both in the nba right now and uh and i actually looked this up last night they're both averaging 24 points a game in the nba this wow. season so they're really good players <laughs> yeah. the first one is uh is jalen brunson plays for the new york knicks uh yeah. I played against him on the Nike circuit. I was playing for uh, Team Louisiana out of Baton Rouge, and he was playing for uh, Mac Urban Fire, which is the premier Nike program in Chicago. Oh wow! And wow, played against him in uh, in a tournament in Los Angeles, and let's let's just say he was really good. <laughs> <laughs> Trey, Trey, uh, re- refresh my memory. Do you know? I think did he play at Purdue? Did he play at Purdue? Uh, he played at Villanova. Oh, Villanova, that's right. Yeah, he, he played oh, at yeah. Villanova. He was Shoot. on he was on the 2018, actually both both national title teams. He was on both of them. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah, right. So that's right. Per, yes, I played exactly. against him. Played against him in AAU. And then the other guy that comes to mind is uh, Pascal Siakam for the Toronto Raptors. He went to New Mexico State. Okay. And All right. 
he's really good as well. I'm 0 and yeah. 4 against him. I did not beat him, so he's uh, <laughs> he's really good, really good player. So I got both you. of those guys, both of those guys, uh, probably probably the top two. I, I played against other guys, but I'd say those those are the best two that I've played against. That you played against, yeah, right. Now, uh, for people that don't know, y'all in the same conference as Gonzaga. As a matter of fact. Trey, am I right? Uh, y'all, y'all beat them. Uh, y'all were the higher seed for the conference tournament, weren't y'all? Because y'all split with them, but y'all had a tiebreaker rule, so y'all were y'all were the higher seed going into the conference tournament. And then they beat y'all. Uh, they had they had a really good game. They beat y'all pretty sound in the, in the conference finals. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. So we beat them the first time. Uh, we beat them over here in Moraga, yeah. and then they beat us up there, and then. The reason we got the one seed in the conference tournament is so we, we were co-regular season champions, yeah. but the NCAA uses this thing called the net ranking. It's like their, their oh, own yeah. power ranking oh, thing. Yeah. It's sep- separate from the AP poll and separate from USA Today. And so our conference has a rule that if there's a, if there's a tie, that the net ranking will decide, will be the tiebreaker. And we actually had a higher net ranking um, at that point than, than Gonzaga. So I think we were like seven and they were 10. So oh, that was the reason that we got the one seat in the conference tournament. I see. I see. That's how that went down. Okay, I got you. Um, by the way, for, for listeners, I want to. Uh, I'm here with Trey Touchet, uh, assistant coach at St. Mary's in California. Uh, if you have any questions for Trey or I, feel free to call the hotline 337-706-0111. All right, now Trey, uh, how would you how would you rank uh, Timmy? Uh, from Gonzaga, you know, I got us. We got obviously people got a chance to see him play. They're, they're on TV a lot, and he's, uh, you know, he, he, Trey. I'm just impressed with, uh, like, I would, I would like if I could, I would hire him to come in for a week and work with our post guys. I've never seen a post guy with any better moves than he has. Would, would you agree with that statement? Yeah, I, I would. I would put him up there with yeah. those two. Those two previous guys I just mentioned. I haven't got to play against. Yeah, tell me, but I've coached against them. Uh, on three three separate years now, probably close to ten games, nine games, and so uh, he's he's one of the best players that that we've coached against in college basketball, and uh, it's just unfortunate that we have to coach against him three times a year. But thank thank goodness he's leaving because he's a uh, he's a really good player. Yeah, he's just so he's so fluid in the post, and for such a big guy, people don't realize how big he is. He's six ten, two forty five, six ten, two forty, and He's just a big guy, but he's really, really quick, and he's got really light feet. He's really light on his feet, so yeah. that's yeah, that's a that's, that's a what good, makes that, him so good. And then he's got really good touch. Like he's not necessarily a great three point shooter. That's not his deal, right? But all the little shots around the basket that are like the in between, the little eight foot floater, the little ten foot off the glass. He makes all of those. He's got really good touch. Really good touch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Trey, I'm curious too. Uh, I you know I, I wish I could have gone that game. We were actually. Yeah, I mean, I had told you that if we if we'd have got lost out early in that uh, showdown on the lake, Terman Lake Charles, we we made it to the finals, and 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 so I couldn't go to this game. I really wanted to go watch y'all in Dallas. You got a chance to hook up and play against who? I, who's my next guest later in the next hour is, is Coach Bobby Champagne from Houston. Um, and you know, Trey, I, I do watch a lot of college basketball. I watched y'all a lot. Uh, I get on that ESPN Plus and get to watch a bunch of extra games. I got a chance to watch Jonathan CC play about ten games this year, but. I did watch the Cougars because, you know, they were really good. They were on national television a lot. But, but again, I got to watch a bunch of their games. Uh, Trey, tell me, was that uh, – because, again, I mean, y'all played – what was y'all record this year, Trey? 
We finished twenty seven and eight. Wow, twenty seven and eight again in a good conference. Uh, now, so Trey, the, the Houston game. How would you? Come, I, I I rated them as the. I thought they were well. I don't know if they were the best, but obviously in the top five in defensive teams in the country. They just guard the the heck out of you, man. It's just hard for people to get shots off of them. And uh, you know, I think they. I think injuries hurt them a little bit at the end of the year. We'll ask Coach Champagne about that. But they didn't seem to be quite as intense. And as a matter of fact, I forgot which game. Well, I guess it was the. Miami game where they gave up like you know they gave up almost many points in the first half as they did in, the whole, in most of their games in the regular season. But what did you, what did what did you think seeing it right there in person? Was their defense one of the best that y'all had seen all year long? Yeah, for sure. It was it was the best, if uh, one of the best, if not the best. Yeah. And uh, they're extremely well coached, but they're also they're also elite in three areas they're, they're they have really good athletes yep. like their players are super athletic yep. really quick really strong yeah um they play really hard which is a testament to their coaching yep. staff they yep. get their guys to play hard yeah and uh and but they're also really disciplined in their in their coverage their coverage is a little bit unorthodox in that they when a, when a, when the pick and roll happens yep. they, they put two on the ball which is Normally, defensively, you don't want to do that because you're playing four on three on the yeah. backside. But yeah. they, uh, yeah. but they, for somehow, they just they make it work for them. Yeah. They're really good at it. Like, yeah. like I said, they're super athletic. They play hard and they're disciplined. Which, shoot, that's a really good combination. Right, right, yeah, uh, Trey. Uh, you know, it's funny you say that because as you as you well aware, you know, it's a little bit easier in high school to get away with, and we do the same thing. We know we call it ten and remember ten in the ball screens, and we 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 did that although. Uh, we got hurt a little bit against Catholic High in, in the state semifinal game this year. So really, really well coached teams. Ken kind of hurt you on that. But, yeah, it's funny, Trey. I guess when you have all uh, six, seven long athletes out there, <laughs> when their guards are six, seven, you, they probably can get away with it a little bit better. It's hard to get the throw the ball out the traps. They got to lob it a little bit. The lob allows them to recover back pretty quickly. And then the guy that's rotating over is also six, seven or six, eight. So I think that's kind of one way they can get away with what, with what they do. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, other teams have tried that, and they're not as successful, but they have the same caliber of athletes, and people may wonder why. Well, Houston's doing it with the same kind of players. What the, well, the thing, the thing that puts them over the top is they, they continue to play hard, but they're disciplined. The last thing I mentioned, they're disciplined. They're, they're, they're tough guys. They're extremely well coached. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's just a testament to not only Coach Champagne, but Coach Sampson, who's leading the charge over there. He's got a really good program. Yes, absolutely. He does an excellent job. Uh, Trey, uh, James wants to ask you this. Uh, th- th- Timmy, how do you think his game uh, is going to translate into the NBA? A lot of people don't, don't think he's going to be that, that good of an NBA player. What, what, you know, you got a chance to see him up close three times. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, he, he's, he's, if you look at him and, and the eye test, you might say, oh, he's not really an NBA player, doesn't really shoot it, can't, can't really stretch the floor. Who is he going to guard? Well, he can uh, – He's a really, really smart player, and he's a winner. Yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah. so I think I think the biggest thing for him is that he has to go to a team that it's the right fit uh, as far as style of play, personnel around him, because um, he can pass too. Like he's not just yeah. a scorer. He, no. he can pass. He's got a really good feel for yes. the game. Yes. Um, and and he's a good team defender. He not, may not necessarily be like a lockdown one on one defender. Yeah. Um, but he's not bad there either. He's but he's a like I said, he's a smart player, so it makes him a good team defender. And so I think uh 
I think him ending up in the right spot with the right team, right culture, right personnel, I think I think he'll have a huge impact uh, in, in the league. Oh, man, yeah. Well, I appreciate the observation. I was kind of thinking the same thing. And, Trey, yeah, I'm like you. I'm really impressed. Like, I saw a lot of teams, you know, obviously try to double him. And, man, he makes him pay. He, find, he found, and then, again, Gonzaga's offense is so good. They had cutters going to the basket. They got spot-up shooters on the weak side. And he always seemed to find that guy that was open, you know. So he's he's definitely hard to defend one-on-one. And then when you did double team, he made you pay. So, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Hey, Trey, uh, I, I know you're kind of busy. Uh, we're about to go to break. Could you come back for about five or ten minutes? Or are you? Yeah. You yeah, can? Okay, you good? Okay, great. All right. Well, that's Trey Touchet from St. Mary's. He'll be back with us. We it's time for a break. If you're just joining us, we just started. We just had on uh, Trey Touchet. And a matter of fact, I asked him to stay on the commercial break because I had a few more questions uh, that I wanted to ask Trey. So, uh, so uh, Trey, um, this, this is what I want to ask you, Trey. I'm, I'm kind of curious. Um, uh, how hands-on... Uh, would you say Coach Bennett is? I know you know you played for Tim Floyd, you played for me, uh, you also played for Coach Sher at, uh, at McNeese. Uh, is Coach Bennett a pretty hands-on guy at practice, Trey? Uh, yeah, he is. He's uh, he is by nature a defensive guy. Okay, all right. Um, yeah. So he, we kind of have he kind of delegates offense to some of our assistants, but yes, uh, defensively. Um, and then if he needs to teach something, whether it's offensively rebounding, whatever it might be, he's uh, yeah, he's he he has a good balance of being hands on when he needs to be, but then also being a CEO type whenever he needs to be. So yeah, uh, he does he strikes a pretty good balance there, which I think that's why he's been successful for yeah. so long at a place that hadn't had much success before he got here he, no no doubt he is definitely he's definitely put saint mary's on the map that's for that's for sure no doubt about it uh trey let me ask you this okay so take me to the ncaa tournament right so y'all you you're you're you know you're listening to the show y'all like everybody else i guess you're y'all together and and you get the announcement okay so take me through trey what would you say how many um uh game films did, did y'all uh, of, of your opponent now your first round opponent uh who was your remind me again who was your first round opponent yeah we played vcu in the first round vcu that was a 5-12 matchup right it was a 5-12 yeah. which yeah in in seasons past is like the upset pick right no doubt it's, no doubt no. You, everybody's always picking a 12 in their yeah. uh in their, in bracket. their, in their brackets yeah. which rightfully so historically that that yeah. is Usually it's your best of your at-large, and, you know, a five-seed could be struggling coming in the tournament. But actually this year, all the five-seeds beat the 12. No 12-seed got to win this year. So. Oh, you see, I didn't, even, I, didn't even, I didn't even realize that. Not one, yeah. not one 12. All the five-seeds, and two five-seeds made the final four, Miami and San Diego State. Unbel- so, unbelievable, um, huh? Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. no, it was, a, it was a good year. But in the, back to your original question, yeah. yeah, we played VCU, and so over here the Selection Sunday was – uh, about 3 p.m. on yeah. Sunday. Yeah. So we find out probably about 3.10, 3.50. We find out live just like everybody else. Right. We don't know right. beforehand. Right. And so we're watching it in our gym on the big screen. Yeah. And so we find out live. And then from it's it's an unbelievable experience in that it's like it's a little bit of like controlled chaos from there because <laughs> all of a sudden, oh, wait, we got to go to Albany, New York. And like I handle travel. Oh. With the team, so all of a sudden I got to coordinate with the NCAA hotels, charter yep. flight, yep. all the practice times, all this stuff. And so 
but and then uh, coaches are scrambling, getting ready for VCU, getting this film, getting that film. But then also, hey, like we might win a game, so we got to prepare for UConn. We got to prepare for Iona. So yes. there's a lot of stuff going on in that week. Wow. Um, but yeah, so we we played VCU on Friday. So from that Sunday to Friday, I would say we probably watched. And this is, I mean, every college basketball yeah. staff will tell you this. Yeah. We probably watched as a staff probably nine to ten full games of VCU. Full game, nine to ten. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, and it's just, yeah. and that's nothing out of the ordinary. I think every right. staff would tell you that. Sure. Um, sure. But yeah, it's it's a lot of film work, and it's just because we're in California, VCU's in Virginia. We have no idea right. who they've been playing, right. how they've been playing. We. We don't recruit against them. We don't know their personnel. Yep. Uh, You normally don't know their coaches, even though their coach was previously at Rice, who I played against when I was at UTEP. So I actually had some familiarity with their offensive system and some of their schemes. Nice. So that was actually kind of a bonus for us. Wow. That's nice. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Matter of fact, that's the game. Tracy, I didn't even realize that was their coach because uh, that's one of the yeah, games. Yeah, that that's game. one of the games I went to watch you play. Was that Rice when you? I unfortunately I didn't go to. I didn't get to go to El Paso. I didn't get to take that trip to El Paso to watch you, but I got to see you play at Southern Miss and at Rice uh, and one other place. Where else I saw? I forgot where else I saw you. But so that's the coach at VCU. I did not realize that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And he's now at he's now at Penn State. He in this offseason he got a huge contract to go from VCU to Penn State. Oh wow. This guy's on the, he's on the move then. He's on the move. Uh, all right, so Trey, so so you, you got to make all their travel arrangements. You got to get everything lined up. Um, you play the game on Friday. So tell me what happens. Um, how, you know, you, you're not, you're not, at, you're not in your coach's office. You're out. So how, you know, and I, I know we got, well, we have huddle. So I know you'll have a system that to get, to get films online and you can just get it directly. So I guess after the game, you get to the hotel and y'all, and you as a staff, y'all, y'all start, y'all start meeting again. Now what now breaking down, uh, uh, UConn. Well, the, we, we were the first game in Albany. And so right after us, UConn's playing Iona. So okay. Okay. we go back to the hotel, we eat our post-game meal yep. and all that stuff, yep. and we still don't know who we play yet. The game's going on. So we're able to actually watch the second half, and because of the preparation that I mentioned before, yeah. we kind of already have a scout ready for each team. Yeah. So that, because we're going to be playing Sunday, and we need to be able to present an organized scout, a well-thought-out scouting report, of whoever we play to our team on Saturday. One day. Yeah, then, only one day. Yeah, and yeah. So, so whenever we find out who we play Friday, it's pretty much, hey, let's just put the finishing touches on the scout, that sort of thing. And, yeah, so we, whenever, that, whenever the UConn-Iona game finished, we have a team meeting with our guys, which is, you know, later that night, like well, Friday night, and we say, hey, you know, they probably watch the game as well, and then we're able to give them a little bit, but then Saturday's kind of where we do most of our work as far as all the scout and stuff. And, again, that's not out of the ordinary. Most most teams would uh, most teams would follow that same schedule as well. As well, yeah. Now, Trey, y'all don't get to practice. Y'all get to practice where y'all actually play or have to go off-site to, to a college or high school gym to, to practice, to get the real practice in. So the before the VCU game – so we played Friday. On yeah. the Thursday, we got a 40-minute shoot-around. Okay. You get a shoot-around, yep. and um, your your head coach and select players do, like, media yep. while they're at the arena. So yeah. you do the shoot-around, you do the media, and then we actually went to Siena College, which is, like, 15 minutes down the road yeah. in Albany, and 
finished our practice there. Yeah. And then Saturday, it, most coaches do this anyway. It's super light practice in between the games. Yeah. You know, we're not yeah. – we're just just trying to get shots up, get moving yeah. a little bit. And then, uh, yeah, so we, we – we, and half of the teams got eliminated from Albany, so we were actually able to do all of our stuff – at the arena on Saturday and not have to go off-site on to Saturday. Off-site. So, Saturday. And then, yeah, oh. then we played UConn on Sunday. Right. Okay. That's interesting. That's very interesting. And, and Trey, on Sunday, do you go around for a morning shoot, for a morning shoot around? Or, or no, it's just straight, just, just game? Every, every coach is different. Some coaches will go shoot eight hours before the game. Yeah. Some coaches will go shoot six hours before the game. We actually do not do uh, shoot-around uh, we just do kind of like a walkthrough style. We do not actually go to whether we're at home on the road. We actually don't go to the gym and get shots up. Wow. Um, yeah, we just kind of uh, hang low, fire fresh, and and let our guys. We go over some stuff schematically. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As far as tendencies and plays and things like that, and any any last minute things we got to go over with our guys, but we do not. Which might be a little different than most coaches, yeah. but we, we yeah. do not go over the day of the game and do a shoot around. I got uh, you. I got you. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, that's that's kind of the schedule that we stick to. That's cool. That's cool. Very interesting. I, I was. I, I'm not sure that regular public, but as a coach, I kind, kind of it's kind of pretty interesting to me that that uh, that what transpires there and how y'all how y'all do that. It's kind. Of, it's really it's, kind of, it's pretty similar to what we do in high school, just on a different le- on a different level because we try. You know, the same thing happened to happen to us when we were in the top 28. You know, we had one day to prepare. Well, not this year, but in the past. Remember, we had just one day sometimes to prepare for the for the next game. So you you get as much as you can get in. You watch film till midnight and put in the next day and pray. You know, pray for the best. You know. Yeah. Well, Trey, I got, I got well, one more, one more question I do want to ask you. So I know you talked about, you just said Co- coach Bennett, like, I think every coach kind of has their, their thing. You know, they talk about Tom Izzo, how he stresses offensive rebounds. That's just kind of, that's, that's what he, that's what they're going to do. When you play Michigan state, you better block out because they're going to get on the offensive boards. What would you say coach Bennett? What, what's, what does he stress the most in, 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 in practices, does is there one particular thing, Trey, or is it just not really? He just kind of just defensive minded, or, or is there some particular things that he really stresses? It's it's a little bit of both. He he himself, as I mentioned to you before, he he comes from a defensive background, so his his kind of natural thing is is transition defense, keep him out of transition, uh-huh. make make them play in the half court against your set defense, yeah. and then rebounding. Um, we're always one of the best defensive rebounding teams, and then this year we were actually a really good offensive rebounding team too. So I would say that would—that's what Coach Bennett would naturally do. Yeah. But he—he he can also adjust to his personnel because when I first got to St. Mary's three, uh, four years ago, it was more our personnel was more offense oriented, yeah. and so our identity was kind of on the offensive end uh-huh. and not that defense wasn't important. It's just that that's was, that's what we were good at. That's what we kind of focused on and, and hung our hat on. But I think the past three years, especially with our, our personnel changed yeah. and we weren't necessarily a powerhouse offensive team. We were just, you know, we were good offense. Yeah. We're kind of balanced and what, we weren't necessarily a juggernaut offensively, but where we were really good was, was defense and rebounding. Yeah. So I think, I think Coach Bennett will always hang his hat on those two things, defense and rebounding, but he he's also very smart to adjust to his personnel uh, and and kind of play to 
his team's strengths, yeah. which again goes yeah. back to why he's been so successful. Absolutely, absolutely, no doubt. Yeah. Um, let's see. I had a question. I was just thinking while you were talking. I wanted to ask you. Um, golly, I'm kind of forgot it now. Uh, well, <laughs> just goes to show. Just goes to show my age. But uh, but uh, yeah. Um, all right. Well, Trey, listen. Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time today to to be with us. I know. Oh yeah. I, I just remembered the question, Trey. How, how many high school guys did y'all did y'all sign already? Have y'all got committed to y'all from this? You know, during the, during the season, how many high school guys? Yeah. So we have three signed. We, it's, three. Uh, we signed all of them in the early period too. So it's, yeah. it's already been released and, and yeah. all that. So we signed three guys. Um, and then it actually came out yesterday. One of our, one of our best players, a uh, wing player, Alex Dukas from, uh, he's a six, seven wing, really our best shooter from Australia. He is using his, his COVID year, his fifth year of eligibility. So he'll be back oh, another nice. year. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. So yeah, we're really excited about that, but yeah, we got three guys, three guys coming in yeah. and, uh, now, do you, ha- all- you have any room? Do you have any room Trey, for, uh, for, um, for the for transfers from the portal, are y'all going to looking to get one or two guys from the portal? It, it's crazy because even when like necessarily this year, you look at us on paper and it's like, oh wait, they don't have any room for any transfers. You just you still have to keep an eye on it. Yep, and you yep. still have to monitor who's going in, who's going out. Right, just because you never know. Just right. with the landscape of yeah college sports today, it's sure. uh it's a whole. <laughs> It's changed in the four years that I've been in college coaching. It's uh, yeah. it's pretty crazy. You used to have to be able to sit out a year when you transferred, and so yeah. you could only you could only play right away if you were a grad transfer. But now it's it's totally different. You yeah. can transfer and play right away, right. and yeah. Now you got some of this NIL stuff. Yep. You got you might have some tampering going on. It's just that uh, <laughs> you collect your pay. Crazy, so. you, when you transfer, he's, he's, you collect your pay, you collect your paycheck as you transfer as you transfer in now. <laughs> and so, so that you just have to always there's kind of no no off time. You always have to be prepared and always monitoring the transfer portal because you you never know when you might when you yeah. might have to go in and get a guy. <laughs> yeah, so, right, right. You can't uh, let one step away if, you, if he really wants to go it's to you. because you yeah. can. It's good because you can fill a need quickly. Absolutely. But there's yeah. also a bad part to it because if you don't do a good job with your program and your culture, then yeah. you know your guys can be heading out the door. No, soon, yeah, so. no, no doubt. Yeah. Well, that's that's next time I have you, I'll, we'll we'll go we'll go that route because we could talk about that for a long time. Trey, oh, really appreciate. We could do a whole show. On yeah, that yeah, no <laughs> doubt, no doubt. Trey, really appreciate you taking the time today to be with us. Uh, uh, stay in touch, and I need you to send me some some good blockout drills. All right, I need some blockout drills. <laughs> all right, Trey, thanks a lot. That was all Trey. Right, Coach, yep. Uh, all right, no, go. good. Take it easy. Okay, that was Trey Touchet of St. Mary's University in in uh, California. We appreciate him being on. It's time for a break here on the game. We'll be right back on the Jordy Holberg Show. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. One zero three seven Lafayette and one zero four one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. The world-famous Angola Prison Rodeo is coming back in the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles has your free tickets. Just text Rodeo, O-R-D-E-O, to 337-283-8100. That's Rodeo to 337-283-8100. The Angola Prison Rodeo returns April 22nd and 23rd, and you can see all the excitement, bull riding, world horse racing, wild horse racing, and convict poker. Text Rodeo to 337-283-8100 to watch the world-famous Angola Prison Rodeo, courtesy of Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You know the routine. Eat, drink, sleep, and sports. 
All day, every day. You're listening to The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to the Jordy Holtberg Show here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. We want to remind you that we are broadcasting live from the EFCO Development Studios here in Upper Lafayette. EFCO Development is a civil construction company that specializes in new multifamily construction. Wrapping up hour number one for hour number two, we're going to keep the conversation going with basketball, whether it's NCAA with both men's and women's tournaments. Talk more NBA with the play-in coming up tonight and the Pelicans playing tomorrow. And we're going to have on Bobby Champagne in the second hour. You don't want to miss any of that action. If you missed anything from hour number one, I mean, talked about NCAA here and then had on Trey Touchette talking about everything from, you know, what he thought about his best players that he's played against and so on and so forth. Even talking about the preparation of him coaching in the NCAA tournament was really exciting action. You'll be able to check it out later on Twitter and Facebook. We'll be posting the show itself. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the game. Live and local. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Good afternoon. I'm Danny Broussard, guest host today for Jordy, who's unable to do the show today, so I took his place for the day. Uh, happy to be with all of you. Uh, we just finished up with, if you missed the first hour, we just finished up with Trey Touchet. I thought it was very interesting. He talked, gave us a little insight about uh, the St. Mary's preparation for the NCAA tournament, uh, as well as some of the better players he's faced and saw. Was, I thought it was pretty, very pretty interesting. Uh, next up in a little while, we're going to have uh, Coach Bobby Champagne of the Houston Cougars. I know some of you here in the Kidiana area are familiar with. Uh, as a matter of fact, Coach Champagne, I'm sure he'll tell you this, but uh, he was on the Raging Cajun staff, for, I think, with Jesse Evans for maybe three to four years. Um, so, we, matter of fact, we had a little, little laugh about that. I said, golly, Bobby, I think, uh, I think we went out to have lunch uh, one time in your four years you were here in Lafayette. It's funny how, how that happens sometimes when I had lunch with him twice uh, this weekend in, in Houston for the, for the final four, maybe three times, actually. <laughs> so, anyway. Uh, well, James, uh, oh, by the way, uh, don't forget, uh, if you are listening and you'd like to get a call in, have a question for either me or James, uh, call in the, on the game hotline. It's 337 706 6-0-1-1-1. That's the game hotline if you have some questions for us. Um, so, James, let's talk. Before we get to the NBA, let's talk a little bit about we just kind of touched with Trey on the NCAA tournament. Um, man, how, how wild was it this year, huh? You know, he talked about the 5 12 upset. Well, this year was, it was the 116 and the 215 upsets. Uh, how crazy was the tournament this year, huh, James? Yeah, there was no lack of kind of shocking things that happened throughout the tournament. Honestly, I think shame on me for picking two ones to be in the in the championship <laughs> round. Because, I mean, how often do we see that to begin with? Yeah. And then, especially with this year, when there's no like clear-cut right. team like, oh yeah, the one seed, 
they got it. Like, no, no, right. Because, James, how many times this year did, you know, as the college poll went on this year, how many times did the number one seed stay on for just one week? Then somebody would take their place for a week. Then the next guy. And, you know, I mean, uh, I don't know if anybody had it for but about two or three weeks. It just kept rotating and rotating. And so, yeah, you should have figured, James, this is interesting. But, like, so, you know, I, I like anybody else. I mean, you know, you get in these pools, you know. And I got in a pool. And <laughs> I followed it after the first two days, you know, and I was like, all right, I'm doing okay, but not great. I think I had 11 of 16 uh, in the first first two days of the tournament. So I'm like, oh, I'm doing pretty good. Then, you know, I got the Houston Cougars on one to go all the way. I think I, <laughs> right. I, think I had the Arizona Wildcats on one. I think I had Kansas on another one. And so I'm thinking, you know, this is gone, right? Uh, James, like I never look again. You know, you can go to CBS Sports. Like I got so much going on at school between what I what I'm doing, my jobs. Like I I don't even look at it. Right, the day the day of the finals, I get a text from my guy, and he goes, "How do you want me to send you the money?" I'm like, <laughs> "What? I want it? You're kidding me?" He goes, "Coach, do you realize like everybody's pool was shot?" I said, "Well, obviously, because I thought mine was, but I did have when I think back about it, I did have Miami." Mm-hmm. Going to the final, uh, I think I had Miami in the final four, I believe, but to be honest, no, or the final eight. But I had Miami, and I had, uh, I did like um, uh, San Diego State. I really did like them. So I had Miami, San Diego State, and uh, who else? Oh, and UConn. So I had three of the, of the you know, in the eight. So I guess that propelled me <laughs> to get enough points to, to win that pool. So that was kind of funny. But, uh, yeah, you know, great. I, I think it's just great for, you know, again, UL, UL made it. And look what happened, man. If they don't get so far behind, may, may have had an upset with Tennessee right there in the first round. You know, now, whether they would have beaten Duke or not, I'm not sure about that. You know, it's you know, basketball. I can tell you, it's about matchups, and uh, you know, it, it really is all about matchups. And I thought when I saw the Tennessee draw with their best player being out, I said, "Man, you know what? I'm not sure we could beat them, but I think we have a chance." And boy, if we don't have such a bad opening uh, start of the game, you know, we really played great in the second half, and uh, you know, had a chance to win that game. But uh, you know, you just like I just personally, as a fan of basketball, I think you love seeing what happened this year because it kind of gives everybody feeling like you know, I mean, come on, who who would have said Florida? Atlantic, who what four or five years ago came to the were playing in the Cajun Dome in our in our conference, you know, who would ever thought they would be in the final four and all, and one one shot away from being in a in a championship game, you know. So I think it's kind of interesting and makes it exciting for for you know college basketball, all these mid majors who now feel like, hey man, you know, look look what's happening and you know it, 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 I think it, it's it's changing the landscape a little bit. You might you might see this uh, more often. What you think, James? Yeah, it's really nice because. With college sports for me, especially with football, yeah, the there's levels to it. Yes, like there's like right. if you're watching because it's different from like the NBA and the MLB and NFL where it's like even though there's a clear difference and you're like, well, uh, I like the Chiefs a lot more than the Browns. Right. Well, the Browns could very easily make the comeback or make have the upset and win. Right. Sure. Whereas with sure. whereas with this, it's like you can pick FAU to like. Losing the first round, sure, but then you'll see them make it to the final four. I mean, these were the first wins in their program's history yeah. to like in the NCAA tournament. So, with college, with more with football, you're not going to see that. No, so I, I like I like that I like it to yeah. where it's like yeah, there's some chaos where it's like you're not going to know exactly what's going to happen, but to see it kind of like that where every once in a while you'll get that and. You, if you see an Alabama or like a Toledo, right. well, Alabama is going to win. Yeah, it's right. It's not going to happen. But it's like at least with basketball and even baseball to an extent, 
you'll see those crazy upsets where it's like, yeah, even though you're not in the SEC or you're not in the Big Ten or like yeah. the Pac-12 or any of the really big conferences, you seeing someone from the Sun Belt or from another lower-level conference, right. they have just as much of a shot because, like you would mentioned, it's the matchups. It's not necessarily yep. Yep. what's the higher seed they're going to win. It's You have to look at their team. Yep. How do they stack up between each other? Exactly. Exactly. Yep. And, uh, you know, I guess um, it, it's, a, it's a combination of a lot of things, too. I think when you get the NCAA tournament, you know, again, it's, it's, it's the, the, the pressure factor if it's one and done, you know. And I think a lot of times, James, I've noticed this. You see teams that are heavily favored. And, man, all of a sudden that other team makes a run. And, and I think a lot of times they play – they play not to lose instead of playing to win. Right. I, th- I think that happens a lot in the NCAA tournament, and teams get caught, you know, just trying to hang on. And the other team playing, well, has, the other team has nothing to lose in a way. You know, they're coming in there, like, you know, not pressure, just saying, hey, man, the coach is telling them, hey, guys, let's just go out and do what we've been doing all year long, and let's let the chips fall where they may. We got, we really have nothing to lose. Nobody thinks we can win, you know? And uh, that's why I think you saw a, a, a 16 over a one again, you know? Yeah. That's what's really scary about teams especially in college basketball because you like for football you'll have like the money games where it's like well we're just here to collect a paycheck Correct. we're we're moving on Correct. Like, we'll try to win but it's like the yeah. likelihood uh. right but with basketball i mean if if you play not to lose that's where they get you yeah that, that's where they get you because <laughs> then you'll then you'll end up playing and you'll lose. Right, right, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you know another thing too. I think is when you go when you get to these neutral sites. You know, I think in college basketball, more so than any other sport, I think the home court advantage. And you saw this year. I think I was really kind of surprised that UL had never gone undefeated at home. You know, now again, this is since the Cajun Dome days. I nobody really came out and said about Blackham Coliseum, but I was a fan back in Blackham, and I gotta believe. I think when Andrew Tony, I don't think we lost a home game. I, and I might be wrong. Maybe maybe Lamar came in and beat us. I can't remember, but uh, but you know the home court advantage in basketball is huge. It's 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 big on almost every, you know you go to high school basketball. I know, you know we, sometimes we go and uh, I think we're a lot stronger than another team we're playing. But we go into their gym and it's got all of a sudden you're fighting for your life, you know, because the home court does make a difference, you know. And I've always said this, and maybe I shouldn't say it, but I think it's a um, it's just something that's common. Like I don't know, uh, officials kind of I think sometimes like oh you know. Uh, they get in. They get into the home crowd a little bit sometimes, and maybe maybe a a call that's a block charge might go one way just because it's because it's the home court and it's like it, it the crowd's into it. I mean, I mean, I could be wrong on that, but sometimes I think I got and, uh, to me. I see it in college basketball. I, I don't think so much in high school, but in college basketball, I, I tend to see that that happens. You know, and again, I don't know. Uh, I'm sure it's not intentional, but I think referees get kind of caught up in the moment as well. So, um, you know, and speaking of that, oof, man. I don't know if y'all saw what I saw, but you know, it's kind of. I think it's kind of ironic that in that championship game, let's go, let's go to the NCAA women's game for, for a second. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> I think had we not had all that stuff with the two stars of each team, I, you know, I hate to say it, but it was an all women's crew, and I did not find that that game was well officiated at all, at all. I thought there was some. Who? I mean, it was both. It wasn't like it was one sided. It was just bad both ways. And I'm like, oh my god, can't believe that call and this call. And they let some stuff go that the people were getting hammered. And then there was some touch fouls they were calling. I mean, I just thought they were for a national championship game. It's supposed to be the best of the best. I, I don't know. It just seemed like they were. I don't want to say over their heads, but maybe the moment got to them. I don't know. But they seemed to be a little shaken. And I think maybe 
you know, Malky, the pressure she puts on officials. And, and, I'm, and a matter of fact, some people have talked talk about that where they showed the replay where she kind of actually grabbed that refer, that officials, that official was going back the other way. And I think she wanted to hold her back and talk to her a little longer. And, you know, I mean, nine out of 10 times that would have been a technical foul. And again, in that, that championship game, it wasn't blown. So we could go on and on about all that. But uh, I did think that the women's game was, uh, I even watched the final four. I didn't think it was a well-officiated uh, final four. And again, the game's getting tougher and tougher to call um but i'm not sure there's an answer for that because it's gonna you know we went from when i was playing two officials to now three which is desperately needed because as the game so fast it's so athletic you you have to have six six eyes instead of instead of four out there but uh i don't know i just found that the, the that game and it wasn't talked about a ton because i guess again uh, lsu went pretty convincingly and they had all the controversy with the two star players but I thought had not that, that transpired, it would have gone down to the wire. I think everybody would be talking about it, the officiating of that of that championship game. Did you have an opinion one way or the other on that, James? Did you watch that game? No, yeah, yeah. I, I watched yeah. it in full. I, yeah. I agree. I didn't like a lot of the calls right. that I had seen because right. I would like. I'm like, I would have called a foul there if yeah. like I would have called a foul on one of the LSU players, and then seeing the two push offs by Caitlin Clark, I'm like. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of extended, but I didn't think it was egregious by any means. I don't think I would have called it if I was the ref there. Right. And then with Mulkey, I mean, yeah, it was it was like she kind of got in front, so then the ref kind of pushed her away. Yeah. To be like, all right, move. I'm I gotta get onto the other side of the court because Iowa got a rebound. Like, <laughs> I need to go. <laughs> right. Um, right. But no, I agree. Like the yeah. refs, it was it was a big time moment. I think the lights got a little too bright for them, so a lot of the calls became like. I don't know about that one. Yeah. But overall, I think it was a really good game because LSU, they hadn't really shot very well. No. no all year. No. It, they relied a lot on the offensive rebounding. Yes. To put up points on the board. But it was the fact that they shot so well. And Jasmine Carson, she was unbelievable. She was re- she's a really good shooter. But yep. Coach Mulkey took her out for a majority of the season, especially in the tournament. And then her coming out of nowhere and getting 21 points in the first half, making her first seven <laughs> shots. It's like, where did that come from? And, right. and the the whole controversy for me, it wasn't a controversy because, I mean, you coach high school basketball, and yeah. I mean, I went to go watch one of your games yeah. when y'all did it recently in the Cajun yeah. Dome, and it was like, I mean, you don't hear a lot of talk. I heard more talk from the opposing coach, and I heard more from <laughs> the fans in the stands, yeah. but it's like, we hear trash talk all the time, <laughs> yeah. and I've heard worse, and I've probably said worse when I was 12, <laughs> like just yeah. talking trash to my opponent. Yeah. So the fact that Angel was like pointing and kind right. of walking around Caitlin and yeah. then saying, you can't see me with right. the John Cena thing. Right. I was like, this is normal. Why is it all of a sudden yeah. like so egregious for a woman to do it? Right, right. No, exactly. Like I had no issue. If anything, it helped spark it because – I actually really enjoy kind of watching yeah. women's basketball. It's a nice change of pace. It was. From watching like boys basketball and men's basketball, seeing the girls do it. Yeah. And then even taking it a level higher because a lot of people are like, well, they're not very good at shooting or sometimes they do th- this or that. And it's like, well, with it, if with this game, if you like ignore the officiating itself, yeah. you kind of watch and you're like, what, these, these girls got some skills. Yes, lots of sk- lots of skills, James. Girls got, they they really focus on the fundamentals, but it was like you watch Jasmine, you watch Kaylin pulling up from thirty feet, yeah. and you're like, 
Okay. No doubt. Okay. No, I don't, they they, they'll whoop you in, in a 1v1 for sure. <laughs> James, it, it, I always take it back to, you know, back when I first started watching girls basketball, obviously, you know, when I was a student at Mo High School, they, they bought it. We had a girls team and, you know, that was the days of they played three on three. You had a rover. Only one person could go play offense and defense. And, you know, I mean, again, it is what it was. The girls weren't really physically strong back then. And it was basically, you, you saw, you know, it was like a two-hand push shot. That's just mm-hmm. how the girls shot, you know, and so – so, you know, the, the game has started to, you know, again, it's they're playing like guys play now, except they're just not seeing all the dunks. But other than that, it's it's a guy's game, man. I mean, they, these guys, these girls are talented and they have skills, like you said. Uh, now, I do I do have an interesting story, James. I'm not sure if I ever said this. I might, I've, been, I've been a guest for a few times. I may have said this story about Kim Mulkey, but I'm not sure I did. But I have a tie-in with Kim Mulkey. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to say it was, I'd have to go back and look, and it, we, could, we could easily trace it. But it was either 80 or... 81 because that's when I was officiating uh, high school basketball. I was a student at UL, USL and trying to make a little extra money and my brother Ricky told me, he said, man, why don't you go, why don't you do some officiating because you can make some cash money and you'll learn all the rules of the game and that way when you become a coach you'll like, you'll like really know the insights and all the rules and stuff and you know you can maybe use that to your advantage and it's the best advice he ever gave me but, uh, but so I did referee and so uh, they send me and uh, a guy named uh, Mike Robichaud they send us to uh, Hammond, Louisiana, right? It's either 1980 or 81. It's a state quarterfinal playoff game. The winner goes to the, at that time, it was the Sweet 16. And James, when I'm telling you, the, uh, the second possession of the game, this little girl comes dribbling down the court, makes a pass in transition behind her back to a streaking girl who's on the, on the sideline, catches it, lays it in. And I think my, my whistle dropped out of my mouth. And it was Kim Mulkey at Hammond High School making a behind-the-back pass from just past half court. And I'm like, what was that? And it, like that was an eye-opening experience for me because I never saw any. I called high school basketball all around the Acadiana area, and you know we had they had some really really good players, but nothing like that. I mean, she and again she goes to Louisiana Tech, she plays in the Olympics. I mean, she was a special player. But to see that happen on a high school level, I'm telling you. Now I I do, I do tell this kind of joke story too that you know here I am. I'm, I guess I'm uh, 20 years old. I guess 20, 19, 20, and she's probably what 17, 18, and uh, you know she was kind of cute and i'm not sure i call i could call any fouls i don't think i called any fouls on her that game james i'm not, I'm not saying that she fouled she might not have fouled at all but i, I didn't remember calling a foul on her so she probably got away with a little bit more than normal in a normal game because i just couldn't call a, a foul on her but they won they won that game uh it wasn't really i don't know i can't my memory's not that great i do remember that they won by you know like 15 points it really it really wasn't close they beat pt Beauregard. that's out of thick new orleans i think they played that night and uh and one i think i think they said that she won four state championships at hammond high school which i wouldn't doubt because she was that that good but uh, that's my kim mulkey story all right well enough of that we're gonna go to a break uh when we come back we're gonna have coach bobby champagne of the houston cougars on so stick around don't leave us i'm danny broussard taking the jordy hoberg show on 103.7.1 and 104 point i'm sorry 103.7 and 104.1 the game this is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Do you want to take your lady out for a nice dinner, but you're low on cash? Not to worry. 
The Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com can help you with your date night blues. As a member of our rewards club, you will have the opportunity to score excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester Steakhouse and a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen, both located at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort. You can only score these great prizes by becoming a member of The Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com and 1041thegame.com. It's free, it's simple, so go ahead and sign up today. Every day is a Chamber of Commerce kind of day when you're listening to The Jordy Holdberg Show. This is The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros in southwest Louisiana. Good afternoon. I'm Coach Danny Broussard filling in for Jordy Holdberg today on The Game. We're broadcasting live from the EFCO Development Studios in Upper Lafayette. EFCO Development is a civil construction company that specializes in new multifamily construction. We appreciate EFCO Development. Also, we simulcasting today. You can watch us on Simulcast Stadium 32.3 and on 133LUS Fiber. All right, we're in the second hour, and I'm fired up. We just had Trey Touchette. Uh, on with us earlier from St. Mary's. And now uh, we're, we're blessed to have uh, Coach Bobby. Now, I'm going to say for the Acadiana audience, I'm going to say Bobby Champagne. That's how I knew him at St. Thomas More. But Bobby has since changed his name. <laughs> <laughs> and he's now Coach Bobby Champagne. You know, you got to love the champagne twist. I get it. You know, but anyway, maybe he'll fill us in on exactly how that transpired formation took place i'm guessing it's pronunciation they just couldn't pronounce it instead of him saying no that's champagne he just said yes bobby champagne thank you so anyway uh coach champagne are you with us today yeah man i'm with you that's a long drawn out way of just saying hey it's spelled just like champagne it's easier to tell people spell it just like the drink than try and explain to them uh, hey. the uh, Cajun Cajun explanation. But anyhow, <laughs> Trey Touchette was on earlier, man. I'm sorry, I missed that. Yeah, yeah, Trey was awesome, as as you as you know. You knew I knew, knew he would be. He's uh he gave us some really good insight. And I'm gonna probably ask you kind of the same questions so we can compare uh Saint Uh-oh. Mary's yeah, Saint Mary's to Houston. It'll be kinda interesting to see this. But Bobby, before we get to that, it's, you know hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Before we get to that, the record's one zero, so whenever analytics you use, I go with wins and losses. We oh. beat St. Mary's. So. Oh, that's that's uh, very true. Yeah, Trey did mention yeah. that as well. Yes, he did mention that y'all beat him. Yeah. He also, Bobby, he also did say that y'all were the best defensive team that he that they had, that they had faced <laughs> this year. So, and they were pretty good offensively. Yeah, so yeah they were. He, he mentioned <laughs> that as well. They were better offensively than they had been in the past. So, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So, so Bobby, uh, for all of our listeners, uh, I mean, obviously, I know your story because I'm, you know, I've I've known you since you've been in, in diapers almost. So, uh, but Bobby, can can you tell our listeners kind of give us a you know, you played for us at St. Thomas More, and then after graduation, can you kind of fill in your college days and then uh, how your coaching uh, took us to where you are today? We got an hour long show. Yeah, well, you just you know, condense yeah. it. Yeah, condense it. I'll give you the cliff notes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> St. Thomas More, Jeff Davis Junior College, South Alabama, uh, from South Alabama, Washington State, Washington State to Oklahoma, Oklahoma to the Raging Cajuns. Raging Cajuns to Georgia State, Georgia State to UTEP, UTEP to North Alabama, <laughs> North Alabama to Houston. 
<laughs> so, Bobby, what a contrast, huh? Danny Broussard, St. Thomas More. <laughs> it's just funny, uh, Bobby Hot. You know, it just it's just different, and it and it is what it is. Oh, and, you know, yeah. and it, hey, man, and and number one, yeah. is uh, the 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 wife and the kids. You know, yeah. my wife was a trooper. Yeah, she, she didn't have she didn't have any. You know, she was she met me at South Alabama. Yeah, I was a pre med major. She thought she was marrying the doctor, <laughs> and she found out I was getting into coaching. So she got uh, stuck. She was stuck. <laughs> yeah, she she yeah. definitely wasn't moving to Pullman, Washington. She lived in New Orleans while we were there, but then uh, has bounced around with me through all the yeah. thick and thin. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that, that I don't know, man. My brother he he spent twenty eight years at Lee College, and now he's retired. Yeah. I'm gonna be working for another 20 years, so I, maybe he, he had you and him got it figured out. Go to one place and sit there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. It's a little easier. I can I can assure you. But anyway, yeah. So that's that's very interesting. So Bobby, I know you didn't mention this, but um, which one of the things that I, I'm you know uh, uh, I don't want to say I'm impressed, but I mean you got to coach some some legendary coaches. One of them being uh, I don't I don't know how many listeners are gonna know this name, but obviously guys that guys have been around for a while and know basketball certainly gonna know this name. You got to coach with Lefty Drizel. Yeah. How was yep. how was that, Bobby? Oh, it was awesome. Yeah. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. Yep. Um, he was coach was seventy. I think seventy two when I when I got with him at Georgia State. They made that big run and, yeah. and won a, won a game in the NCAA tournament. He basically put Georgia State. University basketball on the map. Right. Um, you know, the gym was on the third floor of a downtown building. Nobody knew they even had a basketball team before Coach got there. But uh, just awesome. I mean, yeah. at 72 years old, he had more energy than, than some of our players. Um, <laughs> wow. Taught me so much about recruiting yeah. and just being, you know, he didn't care. Uh, McDonald's All-American, uh, he he was going to call them. He was going to make them say no. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. So he was just yeah. relentless on the recruiting but that, that was awesome, and, and uh, uh, Coach got inducted to the Hall of Fame, I guess the Final Four, uh, San Antonio 2018, so I uh, got to spend a little time with him down down in San Antonio, and just so happy for him that yeah. he got, was able to get in, um, you know, before, you know, nice, he's yeah. getting up there in age, sure. doesn't travel as much, so right. it's good that he was able to be there, and if you if you YouTube his uh, Hall of Fame speech, it is hilarious. You know, he but- had... Bob is, Bobby, it's funny you say that because that's what I was going to ask you next. He he just had a great sense of humor. You know, you could tell oh. from his interviews, you know, that man, he, you know, he, he was just, and I could about imagine, was he, was he crazy like me? Like did he, you know, got, do some up, some crazy stuff during practice. Like, you know, I took off my shirt one year because they were complaining <laughs> how, they were complaining how cold it was in the gym. And I said, cold, are you kidding me? And I, at least I just took off just my shirt, but I did do that just to, so I, I'm assuming that lefty probably did some crazy stuff in practice. I'm Am I right? Well, I mean, if, uh, <laughs> he he was ahead of his time. Yeah, yeah. Midnight Madness, Midnight Madness is because of Lefty Giselle. Practice could start on the fifteenth of October. Yeah, and so he figured out, well, heck, we're going to be running, we're going to be running the mile, <laughs> at, you know. So we just didn't do it at twelve oh one. And so he he was the first one to do the the Midnight Madness. George Raveling was his assistant uh, at the time, so. Uh, so many things yeah, uh, yeah. that he did. I mean, he, he, Davidson, everybody knows Davidson now because of Steph Curry. Right, right. But Coach Drizel had Davidson in the top ten in the AP poll during his time at Davidson. Wow. He convinced, wow. he convinced, uh, he had All-Americans there. Yeah. Um, you know, he 
he is uh <laughs> he tells the story that the uh the AD or the president gave him a thousand dollars in his recruiting budget. He spent that in his first week and went back to him, got another thousand and, and just just kept getting as much as he needed to go go out he had a, <laughs> a station wagon that he'd drive around in and go go find players. Golly. So, yeah. That that's interesting. So he, he yeah, he, he's probably the originator of, of the Midnight Madness. That's that's pretty cool. That's a pretty cool yeah. story. Yeah. And then uh so you go uh you, you coach him and obviously now with Coach Sampson, you know, you fought him Oklahoma, Washington State, now at Houston. So Bob, Bobby, I think it kinda says a little bit I know a lot about you too as well. Uh, you know, you got the head job at North Alabama, um, you know, and, and so you left it, it and then things didn't quite quite work out. But, you know, Coach Sampson had a, saw enough in you to when he had an opening on his staff to, to get you back with him again so you've been with him for you know three different stints so uh, again i think it says a lot about you tell us a little bit about coach sampson oh coach is coach is one of the best uh he's helped me other than other than my first gig with ronnie arrow at south alabama uh he's helped me get every job i've gotten yeah you know, he's he's, yeah. he's uh he's an extremely loyal person yeah. um and you can tell that by his staff you know his son's on the staff his daughter's on the staff uh Hollis Price from St. Aug, yep. Quantus White, Quantus White. From St. Aug, yeah. both guys yeah. played for him in Oklahoma. Yep. Uh, Cole Rabideau is uh, our graduate assistant. His dad was his longtime assistant. So, wow. I mean, it's kind of a family wow. affair. Yeah, um, that's awesome. We, we kind of keep it keep it tight, and everybody's got each other's back. So that's 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 really awesome. That's really awesome. Hey, Bobby, listen, we're gonna uh, we got to take a little break. You know, got to got to pay for this show. You know, we're gonna take a little break and uh, hang on. We'll have you right back with us. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. I'm Danny Brewster. We're here on 1037 uh, and 104.1 in Lake Charles on the game. We'll be right back. Jordy Holtberg is known far and wide as the Blonde Bomber. For the perfectly feathered golden mane he rocked back in the day at LSU. Just let your soul the hair may not be as golden or as long, but Jordy is still making a name for himself. Back to more of the Jordy Holtberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Good afternoon. I'm Danny Broussard, a guest host today for Jordy Holtberg. We're here uh, with Coach Bobby Champagne of the Houston Cougars, who were the number one seed going into the tournament this year. Uh, unfortunately, suffered a couple of injuries that I think hurt them. And, and we'll, Coach Champagne will share his his ideas on that in a second. Uh, Bobby, I want to go back to this. Uh, so I, I try to kind of, kind of ask the same questions I asked Trey. Uh, I'm going to kind of put you on the spot. I know it's probably hard for you to just come up on the top of the cuff right now. But, Bobby, who is the best player that you can remember ever playing playing against in your playing days, high school or college? Who would you who would you say is the best that you you had to guard or not? You know, I'm, you maybe didn't guard if he was a center, but whatever. Who was who would you think would be the best? Oh, when I was playing, yeah, uh, whew, that's a tough one. There. Yeah, yeah, it uh, is. Purvis Ellison at Louisville. Oh wow, where did you where did you compete against him at, Bobby? Uh, South Alabama. Yeah, we played them in play- Freedom Old Freedom Hall. Oh. They had just come off of a national championship, I think. Yeah, that was that. Was, he's probably the best one. Nice. That I played against. Nice. Yeah. Now that that brings an interesting subject. I, I didn't ask Trey this, but so Bobby, while you own that. 
that you know you talk about that freedom freedom hall it had to be a pretty pretty nice place to play what what's the most intimidating where as a you know and I look I mean you go back a long way I, I'm, I'm not I'm not insinuating that you get intimidated by any means but <laughs> but what would be what would be a place where you know it possibly you could get intimidated and you're like this is a tough place to play what, what would you say the toughest toughest places to play were were uh, um, Allen Fieldhouse at Kansas. Yep. Yep. Um, Gallagher Iberino, Oklahoma State, um, Tucson's uh, Arizona's place. Uh, those were all tough places to play. Yeah. Uh, Pauley Pavilion was just a, a cool place to play. It, we, we never won there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. But. Uh, you know, it wasn't it wasn't because of the crowd. I mean, Arizona and 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 Kansas and Oklahoma State yeah. those those places all kind of intimidated the officials, and there would always be a a stretch in the second half where <laughs> four or five calls wouldn't go your way, and yeah. things would things would change. So, but yeah, those those are those are tough places to play. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. That is interesting. All right, now what about what about coach to gets? Because you've been coaching for a while, you've been a lot of different places. Who's the toughest player you, you said to myself? Like, I'm just going to tell you off the bat. I say that. Like, I played against – they were on the court at the same time. Uh, Othella Harrington, he was like 6'10", 6'11", and James Robinson. Now, a lot of people don't know about James Robinson, but he, yeah. signed, with that, yeah, he signed with Alabama out of high school. He played mm-hmm. for Jackson Murray. He was, he was a hell of a player. We couldn't – Bobby, we couldn't guard him. We lost, Bobby, it's the only time ever in my coaching career we got beat by like, oh, at least 15. And I went to the dressing room, and I was pretty fired up. I'm like, hey, guys, you know what? Played pretty damn good tonight. <laughs> got beat by a damn good team. And uh, that, was, that was Jackson Murr. But who would you say the best, best player you had to coach against? That you're like, he's unstoppable we can't we can't we can't stop him uh well i mean the, the guy that affected the game on both ends better than anybody was jason kidd oh wow um, wow cow he was a freshman sophomore uh he he was he was pretty good he he could he could control a game without scoring a basket is that right uh, but wow yeah so he he was tough but yeah we, uh when i was at washington state we played against hollywood robinson um uh, and Wimp Sanderson's team, Robert Ory was on that squad too. So, um, yeah, wow. Arizona, Arizona had some guys. Uh, UCLA had some guys. You know, yeah, bunch of pros, bunch of pros. Um, yeah, you coach with yeah. a bunch of pros. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, all right. So, listen. I want to know. Take us uh, to the NCAA tournament, Bobby. Okay. So you're the number one seed. You 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 had some tough injuries at the end of the year. That you know. I know those guys kind of played through it. But I, I you know, you got. You, I'm sure they not were not 100. percent I'm sure that ha, you know. And I know y'all don't use excuses, but man, you got to believe that they were. If that that hadn't happened, it might have been a different outcome. But so, Bobby, you, you're sitting there. Where where did y'all where did y'all gather to watch the? Because uh, am I right? Is that the, when y'all heard the NCAA announcement? When they when we at home listening. That's the first time y'all get it too, right? Yeah, we we had a pretty good idea we were going to be a number one seed yeah. based on on some of the communications. But we had just finished our conference tournament. Uh, we played Memphis in, in the in the championship game without Marcus Sasser, our first team All American, yeah. and, and got beat by I think it was nine. Um, and so as soon as the game was over, we went to the locker room and then walked down to to a uh, a room because the selection show had already started and. Uh, and we found out we were going to Birmingham. Yeah, which was which was good for me because my family got to drive a couple hours to see us. See us, but nice, uh, you nice. know we basically yeah. played Auburn in a, a second round in a home game. Yeah, um, yeah. So they, you know they were fortunate as a nine seed to get to get to play in front of their home crowd. 
Um, no doubt. But we had a great, yeah. great second half. I think we held them to four field goals in the second half. Um, and Sasser, Sasser did not play. He played a little bit in the first half against Northern Kentucky, which yeah. we kind of struggled with. Yeah. Um, but but managed to figure out a way to win. And then we were down 11, 11 to Auburn uh, at halftime and ended up coming back and beating them by um, 11 or 12 points. So Yeah. But Bobby, um, Bobby, I'll tell you this. Of the game. Yeah, it was, Bobby, I'll tell you this. So, you know, you know, Dina knew I was going to the Final Four, and so so it's halftime. And, and uh, she said, uh, how Bobby and him are doing? I said, Dina. <laughs> Bobby's gonna be watching the game with me in Houston. In Houston, he ain't, he ain't gonna be playing now again. Y'all came back and won that game, and and it was kind of funny because I don't know. It was like, you know, it was like something happened. I don't know. It was like, you know, ten o'clock that night, and we were talking about something else. And all of a sudden, she said, "Well, I thought they lost." I said, "Well, I thought they were gonna lose too. It didn't look good at halftime, but they killed them in the second half." So I do. I definitely remember that game. Yeah. So, so Bobby, um, tell me a little bit about preparation. Like, um, man, how many fit? Like, uh, you know, you find out you're gonna play your first round opponent. Uh, you know, I guess you, you know, you, uh, it's like us. I guess that's huddle. Uh, y'all use another system, or whatever. But like, uh, you can get as many films as you want, right? I mean, you try to figure out. Like, I guess you, do, if they beat somebody by forty, you not really want to watch that game, or you know, or they got beat. But, but I guess you pick the closer games. How, how do y'all wind up doing that, Bobby? Well, uh, we use synergy, and so every game that everybody plays is on there. Uh-huh. Um, that's one thing that that. Uh, Coaching staff does a great job of preparation. It doesn't matter yeah, yeah. if we're playing a scrimmage or an exhibition game. We kind of prepare for the teams the same. Yeah. So, you know, going into it, um, you know, it had already been established what assistant coach was going to have our first-round game. And then uh, the other two assistants um, picked one or the other. Um, you know, Auburn was playing – I can't even remember who Auburn was playing in yeah. the first first game. Yeah, so yeah. one assistant had Auburn, one assistant had the other team. I got and, you. Um, yeah. So you know, heading, driving back from Fort Worth, um, you know, they're already uploading and downloading all the games and watching films, so that when we rolled in Monday morning, um, you know, scouting report was up on the board. And yeah. Yeah. We had already rolling into preparation. So. Wow! Wow! Interesting. Yeah. So each each that's kind of how y'all do it. Each coach is assigned to a to to, to, to those certain teams, and that way he you y'all already in other words you're already preparing for the second game as as the first game was going because you knew that you're only going to have a one day one day to to get ready for that winner that game which yeah which wound up being who was the second game against Auburn Auburn that's Auburn right was second game, oh, second yeah. game. yeah yeah and so then then heading into the Auburn game as soon as that game was over. Um, you know, they had already decided who had Indiana, who had Miami, yeah. uh, because that was going to be the matchup. So, um, coach, assistant coach was was working on 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 those guys yeah. uh, as soon as that game. We we were fortunate because we played on a Saturday, and then Miami and Indiana played that Sunday. So. Um, they were able to, you know, sit and watch that game. And oh yeah, you not, got not live. But, yeah, uh, but yeah. the only time we can live scout now is when you're when you're at a site. Uh, yes, yes, yeah, right, yeah. right, right. Um, yeah, but Bobby, you know, it's funny watching a game, and you and I were watching the. You know, we got a chance to to visit the Final Four and sat together. But you know, it's it's basketball is a funny game sometimes. And I know you always saying the same thing. You're like, man, how come how come Miami wasn't couldn't miss these shots against us? Like they they were unconscious. They probably probably had, had a season high in percentage free, field goal percentage for that game then miss a free throw you know and they go the next game and they, and they, and they're not buying any you know and it again uh that's just how basketball goes you know but boy they were sure were hot against y'all man they just wasn't missing 
Yeah, they didn't miss, and and we we didn't shoot it great. Right, it's kind of like the the year before we we played Villanova in the in the Elite Eight, and you know we we lost that game by six, and and we we picked a a, a night to have our worst shooting night yes, uh, of right. the year. The right. same was with Miami. We that was our worst shooting night of the season, um, and they had their best. So it was it was a bad bad combination. Yeah, right. No, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, and that's again, that's that's how basketball is, and that's you know, James and I, the producer here, was we were talking about that earlier. How, you know, it just what it's what makes college basketball so exciting. It's what's it's the March Madness where, you know, you're not going to see in football, you're not going to see uh, Florida Atlantic beat Alabama, right? It's just or LSU. It's not going to happen. But in basketball, it it it, uh, it can and it does happen. You know, and it's what it's what makes it such a great event. You know, the great sporting event. Um, Bob, I, I want to ask you this. Uh, obviously, Coach Sampson is an elite coach. He's one of the best, you know, ever. Um, I, you know, I, I, I hear this all the time about, like, they say that Tom Izzo, like, they're one of the leading teams, offensive rebounding teams in the country. And because Izzo stresses that every day in practice, you know, he, they say they won't go, they won't go three possessions without him saying, let's get to the glass, you know, something like what, what would you say, what does Coach Sampson hang his hat on? What, what, what would you say, Bobby, he, he stresses the most? Uh, it stresses defensive yeah. rebounding. Defensive um, rebounding, you know, because yeah. both of those both of those skills travel. You know, yeah. you can you can have a bad shooting night and still win a game. Right, um, right. And, and and we did it several times where we just we didn't shoot it very good, but we don't beat teams on our first shot. We beat them on our second and third shot. Um, yeah, yeah. So every day, every day that stressed. You know, summertime workouts. Um, a lot of guys are working on getting shots up. We're working on um, ball screen coverages and, and how we're gonna how we're gonna guard yeah. the pick and roll. Yeah. So yeah, and and every day in practice, there's a manager charting how many times a guy goes to the offensive glass. So you know that's <laughs> they're held yeah. accountable for that. Yeah, that's great, uh, Bobby. It's so funny you say that because Trey said Trey said that would gave y'all gave them trouble is that how y'all how y'all double teamed the ball and were able to get away with it most teams that do that they can make them pay but but you said y'all recovered so quickly that it, it, we just it, even they double teamed and we had open guys by the time we got it to them they were already on the ball guarding it and, and you know they, he was really impressed about how y'all coverage and as you said y'all already practiced in the summertime which explains why y'all so good at it you know yeah, we do it every day. I yep. mean, every day we yep. work on on how we're gonna how we're gonna guard the ball screen and, yeah. and what the rotations are and and how we we rotate out of it and you know closing out to closing out the shooters and contesting shots, um, which is a big change for a lot of our high school kids um, because they come in and they think just getting a hand up <laughs> after the guys yeah. released it yeah. is contesting a shot. Well. Yeah. That that doesn't fly for us, you know. You got to <laughs> yeah. make a miss. Yeah, you got to make a miss. I love it. Well, Bobby, listen, we're all, I, I, we, you and I could talk for two hours, but uh, we're running out of town here. My my boy James is giving me the break the break symbol here. I've kind of learned okay. how to how that. So I appreciate your time. I appreciate you being yeah, with us and uh, for the insight. I especially like the Lefty Giselle story it was great. Uh, appreciate you being there, and uh, I will be I'll be in touch with you soon. And the checks in the mail. Okay, man. I'll see you at the Astros game in a couple weeks. There you go. There you go, Bobby. All right. That was Coach Bobby Champagne of the Houston Cougars. We appreciate Bobby with us today. Uh, and again, it's uh, time for that break. Uh, stick around. we got a few more minutes to be with us. I'm Danny Broussard here on The Game. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
We here at the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, know you love our shenanigans, and boy, do we have plenty of them on and off the air. We want to help you help us, so go and subscribe to our YouTube channel at The Game Louisiana and turn that bell on so you can get notifications when we post our new content and game recaps. Help us get to a thousand subscribers and see more of our fun behind the scenes and after work mischief at The Game Louisiana on YouTube. A recent survey discovered that game listeners prefer our station over watching a mandated webinar at work. Well, thank you, everyone, for coming to this exciting meeting today to discuss... Take that, productivity in the workplace. This is The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back for the last time of this Tuesday edition of the Jordy Holtberg Show as we're broadcasting live from the EFCO Development Studios in Upper Lafayette. EFCO Development is a civil construction company that specializes in new multifamily construction. Wrapping up with Coach Danny Bruce, our coach. Got any closing thoughts on this? Oh, James, I tell you, man, I've enjoyed our day-to-day. We always enjoy being time with you, James. Appreciate you uh, helping me <laughs> steer through this because <laughs> I'm just a basketball coach. I don't know what the heck's going on in, in here, but I appreciate you working with me. But, uh, man, James, I really enjoyed uh, – you know, there's always some kind of nugget. I say, you know, I always go to a coaching clinic because I, I might just learn one thing, but that one thing might help me to win one game. But today I learned one nugget that Lefty Drizel probably was the originator of Lefty Drizel was probably the originator of the uh, of the Midnight Madness. You know, obviously yeah. didn't call that back then, but you know, he said he's he's got to say, well, let's get in condition, let's go ahead and run them at twelve o'clock midnight. So that that was pretty cool, I thought. But uh, and James, you know, I don't know. Again, a lot of people don't know this name, but I mean, I've been a basketball fan my whole life. But you know, he talked about how Lefty was a great recruiter and uh, probably the one of the greatest players of all time who never got to play in the NBA was Lynn Bias, who played it. You know, you know, at Maryland and uh, you know, Lefty won uh, many many games back then so uh, uh anyway i thought that was a great story appreciate coach having coach bobby champagne and coach trey touchet with us today it's been a great day uh, appreciate everything appreciate you being uh fans listening and uh we'll see you later it's been the jordy holberg show i'm danny broussard signing off from one from the game